0: All right, time for Fan Mail Fridays where we'll be answering your questions and dropping some knowledge and feedback to help you kick the weekend off right. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, this is not the best place to start. Most of our content is more in-depth, longer format, so check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of body language, nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, everything else we teach here at the Art of Charm. All right, let's cut to it. Swinging Together says, Hey Jordan, me and my wife have been married for 14 years. We're in our early 30s. Wow, that's super young marriage. She is very bisexual, and we have opened up our marriage about a year ago. We're very committed to each other, and both are very comfortable with our decision to do this swinging thing. Here's my, which is, the whole word is just funny. Here's my question. Do you have any tips for dating as a couple? The dynamics are so different when two people are dating two other people. I know this is a broad question. Thanks for any advice in advance. Love Fan Mail Friday. Swinging together. So I had to reach out for reinforcements on this one. By the way, I've got Kim here with me, which is great. Um, Speaking of swinging. Uh, But I had to reach outside, well outside, and call my buddy Birdo. And he said, all right, look... This is a broad question. Take what you'd like. Is your swinging goal to specifically date another couple long-term? He said, we definitely don't call it swinging where I come from. He lives in New York. And actually, we don't date any couples because we're not polyamorous as opposed to swinging. He said, we simply hang out with couples as friends, and if the chemistry is right, we play. That's a euphemism, obviously. Or we go to play parties, meet a hot, fun, cool couple, play together, and end up becoming friends. Again, this is from Birdo, so I don't want people being like, yo, you and Jenny swing? Um, I suggest that Berto's goes on to suggest that they do two things first, discuss with each other what they each desire and what potential boundaries they may have. This will change over time and you will always need to reset expectations. When you're playing with a couple, you always have to ask for consent initially and then go with the flow. i can I kiss you? Then you can feel the rest out. You have to ask again, apparently before penetration. I'm learning so much. If their goal is to date other couples and have a relationship with a couple, make sure the girls get along first. That's always key and most important. If the chemistry and friendship is there, then the rest should be a piece of cake. And of course, make sure to build the relationship as couples by getting to know each other one-on-one. That doesn't mean go on solo dates. It just means get to know each other while the guys are in the bathroom or she's getting a drink, etc. Because if all four people get along, with each other interchangeably, then the relationship as a couple will last and continue to reset expectations. So that's uh that's professional swinging advice from somebody who doesn't call it swinging. But I know Berto has been doing this for a long time. I mean like more, almost a decade probably or darn close. Not my thing. Remember Kim, when we went to that coffee shop oh my and God. that couple was like yes. all hitting on us because they were like, Hey, Yeah. What happened? How did that even start? It just got weird so quick.
1: Yeah. And you and I like caught on at the same time. I just remember like there was this one point where you and I looked at each other. We're like, okay, this isn't just somebody being friendly.
0: Yeah. No, what happened was we, I went in there and I asked for like just the Wi Fi password or something or just water. And then you were like, oh, she was like, oh, you don't want to order anything? I was like, no, I'm just going to be a freeloader. Sorry. And then you were like, no, actually, I want some like a chai or whatever. And it was the guy or the girl. I think it was the girl. And then the guy came out of the back, and I was kind of, like, talking with him, like, just whatever, normal stuff. Then we sat down, and she was also studying at the same time, the barista at this coffee shop, studying something. So we sat down and joined her at a table, only free table. And then the guy came up and started, like, giving her a massage while they were talking to us and it was super awkward
1: yeah and their whole like non-verbals and and the way they were looking at us it was like suddenly i got this kind of feeling of seduction
0: yeah it was like and And they also asked us like where do you guys hang out around here or something it was like the this weird coded message kind of that wasn't just like oh what are you guys doing after this waiting for sushi it was like What bars do you go to? Or they asked us something that we didn't quite understand. Like, do you guys, do you guys go to X, Y, Z party? And it was kind of like a thing. Like if you say yes, then it means you're in the lifestyle.
1: Yeah. And I think we quickly caught on at that point and we did not say
0: where we hung. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. We
1: were like, um, I don't know. It depends. You know,
0: separately (laughs) with our clothes on. No, I mean, no judgments. It's, it's probably a lot of fun, but it was just kind of funny because obviously we're not a couple. They were super into each other in front of us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, not getting aroused by any of this. Just want to use the Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> and, and our barista. Yeah,
0: how's your latte? Yeah. This one's a little more serious. This is from Heather. She says, When I first met my bully, he seemed nice and he was super friendly to everyone. A few months later, I started to notice some red flags. He started to joke about stalking and raping me and would make creepy comments about hiding in my car and waiting to slip my throat. First of all, whoa. Okay. I've been in a similar situation at another job, she says, and when I brought the issue up to HR, it made things worse, and that individual ended up stalking me and threatening me. I was 18 at the time, so I didn't know what to do other than quit and move to another part of town. I should have sued the crap out of him. I didn't tell anyone about the current bully's sick jokes because I didn't have any evidence or witnesses, so it would have just been a case of he said, she said. Then we applied for the same promotion, and after I got the position, he went to the manager that chose me and said some nasty things about me to get her to change her mind. When that didn't work, he then proceeded to tell all of our coworkers things that made them stop talking to me and giving me weird looks. No one will tell me what he said, which doesn't really matter. It was being ostracized and how people started treating me afterwards that bothered me. Things have calmed down, and since he has done the same thing to another coworker, but now people have realized what kind of person he is, so he's lost his persuasion power. Although things are better, I've never quite been the same. I've been struggling for a long time with trusting people enough to build authentic relationships, but I don't want to allow people like him to hold me back. I believe I've been feeling bored with new people because my lingering trust issues make it difficult for me to be authentic, and I get stuck being a weird, superficial version of myself." With old friends, I think I feel bored because I've changed so much. I don't feel I can relate to them as much as I used to. With dating, I wonder if I'm bored because I'm picking guys that I'm not compatible with. But I also wonder if my perspective is what's holding me back from being authentic with everyone. Thank you for your reply, Heather. First of all, wow. this is a major lawsuit against her employer.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you about major.
0: that. Like six-figure settlement, switch jobs, get the hell out, mm-hmm. destruction of your career awful thing. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm a lawyer, but you need to talk to a lawyer that will listen to the details of your case and and figure this out. I would absolutely explore that option because the fact is he went to your boss to get her to change her mind. Yeah, that didn't work, but here's the problem. He told all your coworkers you're in a weird work environment. He should have been fired for saying those things to your boss. Granted, I don't know exactly what these things are, but if someone tries to get you fired or demoted, there's real, I mean, that is, that is beyond the pale. This isn't, uh, you're, Jordan's kind of a slut. Like, that's a crappy, immature thing to do. And quite frankly, still actionable. But if people are, are now not talking to you and your coworkers, this and HR that and your boss, this and that, this guy is like, he needs, and he wasn't dismissed for doing that. They are allowing it to happen by that, by the virtue mm-hmm. of the fact that he is still there. So, I would strongly I would I would lawyer up. I yeah, would definitely no, lawyer for up.
1: sure. I mean, that's the first thing. And then me of course being a therapist, you know, my first impression of this whole thing is or a question I would ask her is if she's had other history of these kind of situations or abuse, you know.
0: Yeah, well, as she said in her other job the guy stalked her and stuff right. like that after even as, and after she went to HR, which to me it's like what is going on here when someone says, oh, this guy threatened to stalk and rape me and HR is like, oh, don't worry about it. I mean, right. where do you live? I feel like if somebody <laughs> reported that in California, New York, yeah. they would it would be this huge deal.
1: Well, look, the, the bottom line is she's the victim and whether or not yeah. she's setting this up over and over again in her life you know, that's By what accident, we don't like
0: subconsciously exactly because yeah.
1: of her history. It almost sounds like to a classic case of PTSD, post-traumatic stress, yeah. because okay. um, of the way she's, you know, acting and reacting and coping. And when she talks about kind of almost, um, you know, being bored, almost like numbing out. Yeah, in a way. that
0: part. That was the initial email that I actually cut off because for brevity's sake. But mm-hmm. she, her initial problem was. It wasn't even this bully thing. It was like, I'm bored of my social relationships. And I was like, why are you bored with everyone? Oh, well, this guy threatened to stalk and rape me. And I was like, what? Details.
1: Well, yeah. And then she's saying she's having trouble with authenticity. And so usually what happens with that when you've had something like traumatic, like, like this incident and probably other incidences in her life happen, is that she's coping by setting up situations where she's not expressing herself not getting close to anybody in fear of getting hurt again so she's not connecting and then my other question to her is what is the definition of bored like i don't know what that really means and is she she's getting bored because she's not in these abusive relationships do you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. there's almost this sense of like she she sets up situations to create that like I don't know, almost chemistry for her.
0: Yeah, or otherwise yeah. she's bored. But I want to, I want to be super clear because it sounds like we're like blaming the victim here for having these problems. But
1: no, but she wrote in questions of that she's wanting to have authentic relationships right. and not be bored so that's i guess what my questions are to help her yeah that's that
0: that's true i mean there's obviously a common denominator here it's happened multiple times which seems unusual and again not saying it's your fault heather at all saying that maybe there's something in your past that filters this in and lets people know it's okay exactly because i know just from being and this is a vastly different situation men will bully other men even if those other men aren't normally the type to bully people if there's just certain types of people where you almost like can't help it yeah i feel the pull myself i don't do it cuz i'm not an a-hole but i know people that are really nice that are like oh that guy he's such a little blah 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 and i'm like wow i've never heard this person talk like that about anybody and it's an and and i can see how younger guys more immature guys would just It's I hate to say begging to be picked on these guys, but there's just something about them that that just says pick on me Mm -hmm. and whether or not you do it is what is the character which makes you, you know, as a man. But we all I feel like know some of these people. And if if you're being bullied at work by this guy, that could have been a one off. But the fact that it also happened at your last job with a different person Mm -hmm. seems weird.
1: Yeah, I would love to help her with just in terms of her confidence and also the way she asserts herself and the boundaries she sets with people. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's that's why I ask these questions about her history, to really kind of find out where it's coming from so she can have more healthy relationships in her workplace with men, all of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow, really scary, though. I, I find it totally repulsive that somebody would ever – quote-unquote jokingly threaten to stalk and rape somebody. That is is totally insane. Horrible. That is totally insane, totally disturbing. That guy should be in freaking jail, not working with you in the next office. I mean, that's ridiculous. All right. Josie says, I'm very happily married to my husband of five years. He's an amazing guy. I feel really lucky to have found this kind of success in a relationship. Of course, we have our spats like anyone else, but overall, I would rate my marriage a 10 out of 10. My question pertains to many of my single friends. I am often in the position of going out with girlfriends or guy friends or both and often receive the request to act as a wing woman. I'd really like to bring my skills in this department to the next level. I had fun dating and some of this is selfishly motivated because it allows me to still participate in the scene without being the actual target and gives my husband and I other couples to hang with. But mostly I'd just like to help my single friends find true love at their request. When I wing for my female friends, I feel awkward trying to dodge becoming the target. And when I wing for my male friends, I feel it's equally stifled and unclear what I'm trying to accomplish. How can I be a better wing woman? Please answer this as it applies to both female and male friends. What do you think, Kim? Because... This is I originally had my kind of thing prepared but you brought up an interesting point I hadn't thought of right off the bat.
1: Well my first question is what is she gaining from this? Like yeah. I mean she said like the thing that kind of popped out was that it allows me to still participate in the scene without being an actual target. So there's something she's getting. Yeah a little validation. Being, yeah a little mm-hmm. bit. Which is fine. I mean look we all I think it's healthy to enjoy You know, flirting and all that, especially when you're in a marriage. Um, but it's really kind of digging deep and figuring out what it is, you know, she's gaining from this, you know, and then the other thing, and look, I do this for. Living. Right. right? Yeah, I, I go out in the field and I help women meet men and I teach them. And that's exactly what I do. So um, my I guess my advice to her is like, let the professionals be the professionals and let her be a friend because there's other ways she could really help her friend without mm-hmm. being a quote unquote wing girl because she may also be like, because she's like, oh, but I'm always the target. Like, yeah, how do because I?
0: You're more outgoing. You yeah. have no outcome in mind because you're married. Exactly. So your friend's sitting there shy, and you're all the outgoing one, and the guy's like, I don't want. The shy, quiet one now.
1: I would go so far to say that she might even be hurting her friends more than helping. Definitely. Right? Because now the friends feel like shit. Yeah. (laughs) Because she's not getting, you know, they're not getting the results that she does. Right. And so, you know, I would say definitely like refer out to a professional who can see them neutrally and and actually know what they're doing. And
0: and frankly, female friends don't necessarily need wing women. The idea, Yes, they do. (laughs) what's that
1: yes they do I I mean maybe
0: they do but it it, for me it's like I find it annoying when a girl's trying to set me up in the past trying to set Mm -hmm. me up with another girl because it's super contrived the best thing to do would be to invite us out together as a group and even Mm -hmm. if they're like yeah you know Angela is is single and she's cool and you should just get to know her That's it. Don't be all, so Jordan, tell us, tell Angela and I about this. Cause I'm like, I get it. You're trying to get me to sell myself and it's, it's really annoying. And then it's like, Angela, tell Jordan about work. And I'm like, look, we don't need a babysitter. We're both adults here. If it's two super shy people, just introduce them. Somebody and, and just facilitate it. Make the space safe. Don't be involved in the interaction.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree in the context that you're talking about. I see what you're saying. But, you know, I'm wondering if this woman is thinking that, like, she just is helping women go out and flirt and how to capture a guy's attention and initiate conversation right. and all that. And if that's the case, like, even that's not helpful, like, again, because they're all going to like her.
0: Right. No, it's not. And and in, so that's the female perspective. I know it's maybe not the ideal answer, but for the male perspective, It's going to be a little bit different because what we need as guys out there to try to help us meet women is you need to socially proof us. Women who we're talking to need to see that you're with us as a friend only. So don't be I find like a lot of female wing women like they lay it on too thick where it's a little ambiguous whether or not she Mm -hmm. has a crush on the guy. And then the other women are like, "Ah, I don't need the drama. It needs to be super platonic. But you also need to socially proof him in that, like, oh, he's so cool. We've known each other for years. He's -hmm. friends with my husband. You want to drop that stuff in. That way it completely disqualifies you as a potential rival for this guy. And then you want to sell him a little bit, but not so hard that it's obvious. Not like, he's cool, he's successful, and he's single. Because then women are like, normal women, in my opinion, are like, well, why? Why are you selling this great catch so hard? right? What's the deal? So initially what we need is the social proof from you. Introductions would be great. Don't grab her by the hand, drag her all the way across the bar and be like, Jordan, this is Angela. That's awkward. Don't do that. I've seen that. I've been in a part of that. It's terrible. Just start chatting with her like a normal person. Don't make it the whole outcome of your whole night. See, I find this email strongly worded enough where I'm getting suspicious that she wants to go out and just plow the whole place over until somebody gets hooked up until Mm -hmm. she hooks up her friends. And that's not the way it's going to be. Chat with people, get to know people, apply the AOC concepts so that you're like, Oh, this girl's really cool. You know what? You should meet my friend, Bob. He's, he's really cool. He's over at the table with my husband. What would, do you want to come over and join us? That's how you make the intro. Don't force it down each other's throat. It makes it more awkward. You're doing more harm than good, especially because A lot of times if you lead too strongly and you're really trying to kind of force the interaction between the guy and the girl, the guy feels a little bit emasculated because he can't lead and he feels like he looks like a chump. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like here's my big sister or my, you know, female friend uh, once again trying to put a girl in my lap figuratively or literally because I can't do it on my own. It's actually really annoying and you're going to make him look bad. In the eyes of everybody, frankly, especially himself, then he's just going to shut down. He's yeah. not going to want to try to rescue an interaction that he didn't even start.
1: Yeah, good it's just point. You know what I
0: mean? So, so be easy with it. Your best bet, make a lot of female friends. Ask them if they want to join you at the table where the other guy is. Don't be dragging people around playing matchmaker. It's more awkward than people think. They think yeah. they're doing a favor. Yeah. And, I, and it's totally, I totally get it. Like, she's probably a very sweet lady and she loves to go out there and do this and it looks like she's doing everybody a favor, but done wrong, you become really annoying to hang out with, actually. Mm
2: -hmm. So I hope that helps. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed.com slash charm, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Dylan says, "Dear Jordan, I recently discovered AOC, etc., etc. dot dot dot. It's amazing. We'll just cut. Co- we'll just collapse those paragraphs into that. I appreciate it." Uh, he says. My best friend, I've got an issue with my best friends. Bothered me for a while. I think you're the man to provide the best advice. He's 23 years old and completely hung up on his ex-girlfriend from school. They started dating when they were 15. Holy cow. She dumped him two years ago and hooked up with a new boyfriend within 11 days. Ouch. She's still seeing this guy. My friend has been out for dinner since then with other girls, but he has put his ex on a pedestal so high, no other woman stands a chance at a second date. He's told me he thinks her new relationship won't last, even though it's been over two years now, and he's waiting in the wings to try to win her back. He's a successful guy. He's recently won a very high-profile competition related to his career that led to local TV and radio exposure and a huge cash prize. He should be on top of the world right now and enjoying the ample female attention he is getting. Instead, he becomes more bitter and cynical by the day because none of it is helping him win his ex back. He does favors for her at the drop of a hat and will constantly cancel time with the lads at the last minute to still hang out with her, quote-unquote, as friends. I feel that whenever I try to speak directly about how this issue is affecting him and our friend group, he becomes more determined to win her back. I've talked about it with our other friends. None of us have a clue on how to help him move on. Yes, it's annoying as hell for us when he still brings her along on a guy's night out. But more importantly, I want him to stop being miserable and enjoy his life. What do I do? That's Mm. so, oh man, I feel bad because the reason he's not just putting her up on a pedestal to try to get her back because she's quote unquote so special he's been so harshly rejected by her in favor of another guy Mm -hmm. that he feels like the only way to get rid of that rejection is to get her back so that she can be like I was so wrong so it has even less to do with her than it does about his own ego and fixing that
1: all right you totally took the words out of my mouth (laughs) That's exactly. and and next question no (laughs) I really was just exactly gonna say that and it has to do with um like really what is he trying to win? Yeah. It's not her.
0: Right. It's I himself. Mean, to like, a degree he definitely has idealized her and made her greater completely. than all the other girls. But the reason is because of the that helps his stated outcome. It yes. justifies his actions. Yes. Which are screw everything else up to get her back because my ego is in massive pain.
1: Yeah, I mean and the other thing that we have to note is that he's twenty-three. Right. Right. And it was a six year relationship. I mean, these are formative
0: years when yeah. you're
1: learning about relationships and dating. And that was like, what, six years. That yeah. was a long time. So he's time. probably
0: never had the he doesn't dating have, experience exactly. of a girlfriend of any kind other than this one.
1: It's his only frame of reference. And then he got rejected. So right. what you're saying is true. He's like kind of trying to get that back. It's the rejection piece. And, of course, I'm always going to tie it. So what? Uh, where else has he gotten rejected in his life? What is he really trying to correct here? Yeah. Um, but the question is really from his friend, right? Yeah. And so, like, to how, how to help his friend. I mean, gosh, there's not much you can do as a friend except, you know, support him. But also I'm wondering about a little tough love here. Yeah like how much are they coddling him and it
0: doesn't sound like they are but we don't know I don't really know.
1: know. We don't know. I mean, you know, you may even want to go so far as to say, "Dude, like I'm not going to go out with you again in, unless you do A, B, and C." That
0: sucks, but because the the risk is he could then say, "Fine. Screw you guys." And then he'll be so much more isolated cuz he'll only have her to look forward to and he could get super depressed.
1: Yeah, or maybe it'll force him to look at himself, like when everybody's kind of giving him that message. But overall, honestly, I think he should seek out coaching or or a therapist. I
0: agree with that. One thing I will say, and this could could blow up in in my face big time, but I don't think that it will. The one thing you have in common, Dylan, with your buddy's ex is you probably both want him to move on. So when she's out as friends, you should actually – and and this again could blow up in your face because you could become like the the enemy guy. But if your whole friend circles is look, we like you. Let's look, Jane. We like you. You're a cool chick. Everybody liked you when you were dating Dylan. We like you when you're not dating Dylan. He needs to move on. Can we agree on that? She'll probably be like, Oh my god, yes, thank God. He totally does. Okay, please stop coming out with us on guys' night out because mm-hmm. you're accidentally totally not your fault inadvertently giving him hope that you'll eventually get back together. That's ridiculous. I've been dating this other guy for two years. I'm so bad at thinking of names on the spot. I've been dating <laughs> this other guy for two years. Yes, but here's what's going on. You will embarrass your buddy a little bit, but it's—it's it's, at this point, you've gotta rip off this Band-Aid. that are never getting back together. The sooner he realizes this, the more the sooner he can move on. The only thing that's going to help him, unfortunately, also move on, aside from a cold dose of that truth, which he still won't even believe, it has to be like intervention style, which is humiliating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He has to get skills to – because this is a scarcity mindset. He thinks he'll never find anybody like her because he doesn't have the skills to do that. Right. So he needs to work on himself. Now, the bait and switch here is that if he works on himself enough – hey, dude, if you work on yourself enough, Jane might actually like you again because here's what she likes in this other guy. So you've got to be more charismatic and more friendly and more socially connected, more confident, and more to So he could work on himself, and then eventually he will stop caring about her. But he, he would start working on himself for the so-called benefit, which probably would never come, of being able to, quote-unquote, win her back. That's a tough one, though. That's a tough sell. But I think tough love... You might have to throw the intervention thing in there and be like, Mm -hmm. look, me, me, all the guys and Jane need to sit you down and make you realize, like, look, she doesn't hate you. You're not a loser. She just needed more dating experience. You need that, too. You're not getting it because you're you've imprisoned yourself.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. And
0: you're dragging us in there with you every time you bring Jane out, thinking it's going to happen while we're all trying to have fun because we're just watching you beat yourself up.
1: Yeah, and even though he's broken up, you're right. Every time he sees her, every time he talks to her, every time he just sees her smile it like kicks him way back into the healing process and so he cannot move on it's like any breakup you gotta go cold turkey
0: he's sitting around fantasizing about this girl and every time she's like yeah I guess as a last resort since my new boyfriend is busy I'll go out with you as friends in a group he's like it's like dumb and dumber so you're saying there's a chance (laughs) right Right? and and she's like whatever I'll get a beer on you because I'm bored and he's all oh yeah I'm going to do some work on this relationship fix tonight. And it's you're totally on different pages. It's, I feel bad because his friend is just making a total ass out of himself. Yeah. Like, he's just pissing off his friends. His girlfriend's laughing at him. Her boyfriend thinks he's a joke. That's why he doesn't even mind. I bet right. a new boyfriend's like, yeah, go out with your ex. I don't even care.
2: It's yeah, not gonna. Exactly. Ha- it's
0: so not a threat that it's not even a problem. Anyway, moving right along. This is Jake. Jake says, I know it's a topic you try to steer clear of on your show, but religion has been one of my major setbacks in dating. I was raised in a very religious family in the capital of the Bible Belt where I currently live. I'll be going to college for the next three years there as well. In the past few years, I've made some life changes. I no longer subscribe to any religion. The problem is that all the girls I seem to be interested in are nice Christian girls. Normally, this wouldn't be a problem. Their moral compass is on point. I really appreciate their values. Nice Christian girls can be a ton of fun to hang out with, but the problem is that they tend to be opposed to getting freaky in the sheets. (laughs) How can I filter in women with a strong moral compass who also wouldn't mind having an actual sexual relationship? I'm not looking for a fling either, but someone I could have a relationship with. Thanks, Jake.
1: I have one answer.
0: Boom. Move. Move. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the truth is, look, this is a good sign that you're attracting and interested in strong Christian girls. It means you have a good moral compass that you didn't throw away your moral compass when you when you got rid of your religion you kept all the good parts of the religion you got rid of the crap that wasn't serving you i applaud that but yeah if you're going to college in the bible belt at and i'm making this up but like something something christian college of alabama right. you're not getting you're not getting any it's not happening
1: right so you've changed yet everybody around you has not you
0: have not changed your environment right thus you are going to find yourself it, yeah, you're, it's it's oil and water. You change to oil, you're stuck, unless until until you decide not to be.
1: Right, you and know? I think parts of him still have like there's a pull of some of the you know, upbringing and things that he feels familiar with and comfortable with. Right. So it's, you know, moving to a place or having different experiences where he's going to meet, you know, other people who have other experiences so he can really understand what that's all about.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if you have to take a break from college and get a job somewhere. I would go to a larger city up north. I can only, I don't know what the Bible Belt is, but I assume it's in the South somewhere.
1: I know. I assume the same thing. Yeah. Go
0: to go to <laughs> okay. Chicago, get a job there, or switch schools. I mean, I don't know if you live at home and that's, you know, you can't because you're financing school by living rent-free. I don't know. But if you can, take a break. Figure out what you want. It's it's going to be a big deal because college is very formative. the The least important thing you learn in college is the stuff you're learning in your classes.
1: So true. Unless
0: you're in a trade school. So... Go switch schools. It's going to be tough. You're going to be the conservative guy from the Bible Belt who's no longer super Christian. That's fine, though.
1: Or study abroad. Or Study
0: abroad. Right? Do anything but stay there. Yeah. That's it. You got to get out of there. Next. Auntie Marsha. I call her that because she writes in all the time and she's, you know, older than me. Old enough to be mother-ish.
1: You mean my age?
0: Yeah. Slightly older. <laughs> Uh, She says, oh, how I wish my son had the financial means and desire to attend AOC. He's almost 23. He graduated college in May. He's living on his own and barely making ends meet, but they are meeting. He's a good-looking guy, but OMG. (laughs) He wants a career in TV and film. Tough biz. He had a gig in our neck of the Metroplex this week and slept here a couple nights to shorten his commute. Yesterday, when he left for work as a production assistant, the most entry-level job on the production, he was wearing polyester camo shorts A wrinkled T-shirt and Sperry's, which I think are loafers with no socks or something. Yeah, they are. While he was showered, he was unshaven. I suggested he may want to up his game a notch, and his reply was, I'm just a PA. Ah, you and I know that's how you stay a PA. Totally true. Today, he had better shorts and a better T-shirt, slightly less wrinkled, but the T-shirt was from World of Beers. His reply, it was free. Oh my God, he's so immature. Is there an AOC podcast or two that addresses how you look and the importance of attire no matter what level you're presently in? I couldn't find one. He does listen to the ones I suggest. Also, I heard you say guys and gals, kudos for you for including us. You have so much to offer the entire population. You're welcome. This is for men and women, and sometimes I feel like I have to be so unnecessarily explicit about the unisex nature of what we do at AOC, but I get why. Yeah, oh my goodness, man.
1: Okay, first, can I just say she can't be that old because she said OMG like three times. I think
0: she's just hip.
1: She's a hip older. She's hip. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to do a podcast on just the subject alone. Of course.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I was probably like that at 23. Yeah. Not quite as bad. I still dressed nicely. Mm-hmm. But I was still kind of like whatever. And I know tons of guys that were like, ah, oh, World of Beer is cool, bro. Or like, you know, they were some porny thing. I saw a guy in a Pornhub t-shirt the other day. And I was just like,
1: oh, God. ironic or
0: not, you are <laughs> super ostracized by everyone you even walk near. You don't even know. But you do have to dress for the job you want. Doesn't mean you got to wear a suit every day just because you want to be a professor, but you got to outdress your colleagues. Always, that's the rule. Outdress your colleagues. I'm not saying you got to look three levels above everyone. You'll probably just get ostracized, beat up, whatever. But like, if you're a PA, wear clothes that fit, t shirt that's professional, well fitting. Because, look, if I'm looking for a PA to move up the next rung, I'm not going to pick the biggest schlep. I'm going to pick the guy that looks the part, all other things being equal. Of course I want somebody who's got the experience I feel can handle it, but you bet your butt I'm judging based on the way you look. If you look like you rolled out of bed, showered but didn't shave, wearing a World of Beers wrinkly T-shirt, I'm not going to trust you with anything above the level where you are.
1: Well, you know I love a subject, obviously, (laughs) given what I do. And I take people shopping and I teach them about this stuff. Look, it takes 30 seconds to make a first impression, probably less now, they're saying in research. And people are judging on two things, the clothes that you wear and and the attitude that you have. And so everything that you put on your body is a message. It tells a story about who you are in the world. It's not even what you say that's important as how you look. So, yeah, whether you're a PA or you're a lawyer or your doctor, again, it's a mindset. And actually, there's been studies that show that you will be more successful and your performance will go up just based on the clothes that you wear, because there's also a shifting that's happening in your mind. There's even a term that they, um, I think it's called enclosed cognition. New York Times put out a nice uh, an article about this, and they actually saw shifting in the brain and that people perform better when they wore certain clothes, right? Yeah, for
0: sure. I mean, the, the, like what I'm wearing now, this is at-home stuff. This is chill stuff. I would never go anywhere important wearing these, like, Lulu lemon pants and a t-shirt. I just won't. I'm not even, I'm going to change before dinner, even though I don't have to impress anyone because I just, I'm not even, there's a fog that gets lifted when you change into things that fit nicely, Mm -hmm. snugly, are clean. The fact that he doesn't realize that means that he's 23 and nothing more. But the fact is, if you look sharp, you will start to lead a little bit in your role. You'll feel a little confident when you start to lead a little bit more. That's what people notice about you. Not the fact that you just showed up on time and you can hold the the, the mic, the boom or whatever.
1: Well, and this becomes the confidence issue, too, right? Like maybe I wonder, like, does he see himself moving up? Does he want to move up? Does he have low confidence? You know, that kind of all like goes hand in hand, too, with how he's putting himself out there. And the other thing I want to say is he doesn't have to break the bank to look put together. I mean, he could go to like H&M, get some nice fitted clothes and really look sharp.
0: Right. And any T-shirt you got for free. Don't wear Don't ever wear that again. Throw it away. (laughs) If you got it, no, throw it away. Donate it to Goodwill. If you got it for free, it better look awesome. Like I've gotten some, I get a lot of cool free stuff from companies or whatever, and I've gotten some free t-shirts from construction companies that like they fit rad and they look really good. I still wouldn't wear that to work. That's a workout shirt if it looks good and it was free. Right. Everything else, no, you need to dress nicely. Buy clothing for work. Yeah. That you want. That fits your body. Yeah. The reason the the free stuff, not just because all free stuff looks bad, it's because since if you buy it, you know, it looks good on you and feels good. If you get it for free, eh. But if you put your money where your mouth is, then you know, it's suitable. Yeah. For whatever purpose. And he keeps
1: saying, oh, well, I'm just a PA. Yeah. Right. So again, it's if he's always saying that. I don't know. If, does he want to move up? And even PAs should dress nice. Even like like you said, Jordan and I. Like well, even if we're recording or we're doing things, you mm-hmm. know, behind the scenes. When you're dressed well, you perform better.
0: Yeah. So when I first built hunter. the studio in the house, I was like, I don't even need to wear pants. I can record the show with the pants on. <laughs> I that was a bad idea because you have to mm-hmm. get your game face on. And you can't have your game face on when you're hanging out in your underwear. You gotta look good. I still, I work from home. I never wear my PJs all day. I always shower. I clean up. I trim my beard. I wash my hair, even if I know I'm not going to leave the house at all that day, because I need to perform. It's a performance that I'm giving. Do you notice the difference? Absolutely. 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 Well, excellent. I hope you all enjoy that. Don't forget you can reach us at Friday at theartofcharm.com. We read everything. We'd love to hear from you. I did a weekly video this week about intercepting our thoughts and examining them to see whether they're true or not and reprogramming our beliefs little by little to serve us better. A link to that video in the blog post can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF46. Of course, we also have the Art of Charm Challenge at theartofcharm.com slash challenge, or text Charmed, CHARMED to 33444. Step-by-step guides on how to become better at making personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital and your charisma. It's for both guys and gals. So check it out at theartofcharm.com slash challenge or text charmed to 33444. Quick shout out to Garrick in Mozambique. He's in the Peace Corps. Checking out AOC on what I can imagine is really slow internet. (laughs) And Frederick listening in Tokyo. If you're in a strange land listening to my familiar voice, I'd love to hear it. Hit me up. I'll shout you out. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com. Now have a great weekend. Get out there and connect and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to the Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at the art of com. Boom!
2: That's a wrap.